Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800 State Farm. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. I'm going to drill down a little deeper right off the top. Tonight's episode is not only brought to us by Santan 4, but specifically by the F-150 and the Super Duty. Because Ron Wolfley, as you know, when you have James Conner in studio, we're going to truck someone tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, Paulie. Forget about the Rams and Raiders, okay? The Big Red Rage is the original Thursday night football, James. Welcome in. And as you hear Wolf laugh over there, I have to say, you tell me, true or false, the one constant, if any, between making the move from Pittsburgh to the AZ would be the voice of a Wolfley. Craig Wolfley with the Steelers and Ron with the Cardinals. True or false? Man, that's that's 100% true. 100% true, man. They're phenomenal people bring great energy um and it makes me feel feel like i'm still at home you know i just <laughs> wolfleys man they, they, those are my people so i love the wolfleys <laughs> so james i gotta ask you man first of all craig says hello he told me Absolutely. you make sure you say that to james Likewise. has anyone ever walked up to you and said it's always dreary in Erie. I've heard that once or twice. I've heard that once or twice. But we get nice days up there, too, though. We get some nice days. But uh, Erie, man, yeah, I've heard that. You know, dreary Erie, there's something like to say. But, man, I love this. I love my what city. Was it, James, what was it like growing up on the lake in Erie, Pennsylvania, man? Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome to me. I did, you know, they, you know, I just love home. Um, and then me, especially being the youngest with all my brothers, uh, you know, I just always just awesome to to be with them and have them. But I mean, it gets super super cold up there. Right, that lake effect snow. Um, taking trips to to Edinburgh and Buffalo, and you know, it's just I was just surrounded by the cold and and, and water. So uh, you know, that's that's kind of what made me. You know, Erie is definitely what made me. But it was awesome growing up there. I love I love the city. I love the people in the city and everything about it. How many older brothers? I got four older brothers. Four older brothers. It was a couple years ago. It was flag football and a bunch of 10-year-olds. And there's one kid, and he was dominating. And I mean dominating. And, it, and, it, and someone said, what are you feeding him? And the mom said, no, he has three older brothers. Yeah. <laughs> to what degree was that an advantage? Seriously, because you're always trying to match the bigger and older kids in your own family probably, oh, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah, we had a little cement uh, cement block like patch in the backyard with the, with the hoop on it. And uh, me being the youngest and all my brothers out there were about there playing 21 and it was just the hardest thing in the world was for me to get, just get a rebound you know so when I got around kids <laughs> you know my size my age you know I was just I was dominating just trying to jump all over them getting rebounds and everything just because you know just playing with my brothers you know it definitely it definitely makes you tough they mold you you know to the athlete that you are for sure so James I gotta ask you man your your brothers um older brothers were they as big as you or bigger they're they're all bigger than me. They're all bigger than me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, they're they're monsters, man. My oldest, my oldest brother's like six four, you know, two forty some. Uh, my other brother six three, you know, like two sixty. Wow. Uh, you know, this other brother six two, a little heavier than me. So I mean, they're they're they they some big dudes, man. <laughs> Is that one of the reasons maybe you ended up on the defensive side of the ball? I, I believe so. I definitely believe so. Um, you know, and just hearing, like, you know, talking with other uh, – well, not talking with them, but facing other, like, linebackers and whatnot. You know, the average kind of size of a linebacker is around 6'2", 230, you know, especially for the bigger ones in high school and whatnot. So, with me being that size, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just the same size as a linebacker. So, I, you know, I, I play defense, play defensive end, but uh, running back was a love. Because, Wolf, remember the stat, right? It was your freshman year at Pitt. It was the bowl game. You once upon a time split a sack with Aaron Donald. Yeah, for <laughs> you're sure. in the same game that you ran for what 229 <laughs> yards in the same game. Yeah, man, I was. <laughs> that was a game to remember. That was a game to remember in Detroit bowl game freshman year. Uh, kind of set the tone going into my sophomore season. So, but yeah, defense is definitely in the history. Defense is in the, is in the background for sure. So, James, speaking of a game and games, let's talk about this season a little bit. How yeah. do you think this season has gone for you? personally James uh it's hard to think you know personally when I you know I feel like I'm just I want the team to just be successful um I prepared as hard as ever you know in the off season uh you know I had to miss time with a rib and whatnot um and so just trying to get into a rhythm uh as of lately I'm, I'm kind of like really now trying to get into the, to the rhythm and just keep it going um I mean, we have expectations and, and, and goals and stuff that we want to hit, but this kind of way with the things been going, uh, losing a couple of tight games and missing time with an injury, uh, I just kind of just wanted to stay stay even, stay level-headed, and just continue to just to finish strong uh, no matter what the what the postseason looks like. Uh, you know, I just want to finish strong and, and uh, just continue to, to just play my best football. Yeah, no doubt this team is still chasing its best game. And, and that's not us. That's your head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who said this. We don't think we've, we've played our best football yet uh, collectively. It's, it's trying to do that. And, you know, five games left, like I said, two national TV games. There's a lot to play for. And, and guys want to play our best football and see what we can look like when we put one together. And I think that is, you know, the motivation for the coaches and the players right now. What's amazing, and James Conner is our guest, Cardinals running back, coming off the Pro Bowl season 2021, and you just had your first 100-yard rushing game as an Arizona Cardinal. And as it was unfolding against the Chargers, myself, Jim Omohundro, were like, wait a minute, is that real? And we're trying to fact-check that because you had 18 touchdowns last year, but that was your yeah. first 100-yard rushing game. What clicked in that game against the Chargers? 25 carries for a buck 20. Uh, what clicked? I I just felt like I, I got into a rhythm and I was just kind of, um, you know, it's kind of like man, enough is enough. I know I'm a talented back, and I I I've been feeling like I haven't been able to to give my my best. You know, just like I said, from dealing with injuries and you know slow start uh, early in the season. So I was kind of just like man, I need to really, I need to really just take it up a level and just up my focus. And so I just I felt good out there versus uh, versus the Chargers. And um, I just wanted to just be efficient as possible, just move the chains and uh, talking with K1 in the backfield and, uh, you know, also talking with my coaches. They're like, you know, we're going to get you going and stuff. So uh, it just kind of worked together. We still didn't get the victory. But that's really the only thing I care about. But, um, you know, just got into a rhythm and kind of just up, up the focus for sure. 
and and then obviously the schemes. You know, we had the tight ends were blocking great on the perimeter. Um, receivers were getting on people. Um, Hop made a couple key blocks. You know, and just it was the line. They were just physical. You know, that's where football games are won and lost at the line of scrimmage. So um, uh, we set the tone in the run game, and, and it was just working for us that day. James, you had 28 touches in that game. 25 carries, three receptions. Is that sustainable for you going forward? Yes, I believe it's sustainable. Um, that's why I train for, you know, um, obviously it's just things that's going to come with it, you know, but uh, I, love, I love this game, you know, and I, I've been sore before, so I definitely feel like it's sustainable and I just want to do, you know, whatever it takes to, to um, you know, help this team win. And so that that's 25 carries, you know, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. How different was the run game? There were certain plays I'm like, wow, I'm not sure we've seen that before against the Chargers, and especially considering the change in run game coordinator. I mean, how much were things a little varied? Uh, here and there, things vary, but um, you know, we still have our base runs and, and things that we love, and uh, you know, really, uh, it, it always is going to come down to executing, really. And um, so we added a couple things, but um, it was just really a, a mindset. It was really just a mindset thing. In that James. same question, Wolf, uh, I just thought I'd mention was posed to Cliff Kingsbury, and, and here he is talking about the run game against the Chargers. You know, Steve Hyden, Brian Natkin in that room now. You know, Brian Natkin and Steve Hyden got together and um, had some thoughts, different ideas, and um, I think it was more about the physical play up front. Those guys created some, some nice running lanes, and I thought James finished runs downhill, and so that was positive. But schematically, um, you know, there, there's similarities and obviously those guys are going to put their own spin on things as well and wolf you noticed uh, maybe uh, you know here and there right i mean there were a couple of things that maybe got you out of your seat as you were calling that game right yeah no doubt about it paulie james to me guys were running the ball in a more north south fashion than east west was that my imagination no we definitely want to uh, be in attack mode and go downhill we had a couple counters um and pulls and, and pin pool plays and whatnot so uh yeah, definitely just wanted to wanted to attack, um, attack their weaknesses. And, and uh, yeah, that was definitely just getting the shoulders, you know, north and south. And, uh, like I said, just wanted to move those change and, and finish runs going forward just so we can, you know, stay stay in, 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 with, with new sets of downs and whatnot and just be able to continue to move the ball that way. What's it like to be in the huddle with all the rotating guys on the offensive line? Twelve different offensive linemen have played eight different starting line combinations. I'm just calling them at this point Beach and the backups. Yeah, the one constant is your right tackle, Kelvin Beachum. What's that like? And, and where, has there been a moment where you're like, okay, uh, I guess we're going to find out. You know, I mean, you, you only can find out in a game situation, right? Yeah, very true. Uh, <laughs> I, I just feel like it goes to – Everybody just being singly focused on on, on doing their job. Uh, it is different. We've had you know injuries and guys, you know, come and go up front, and so it really hasn't been the same for for those guys to be able to click and get into a rhythm themselves. But um, it's everything that comes with it: the next man up mentality and and whatnot. And so as we really everybody just do their job, we should be able to you know to to move the ball and have success. But it's tough not having a rhythm. But you know, everybody just has to be singly focused on on their job. James, you you got to be one of the nicest guys I've ever been around. <laughs> Seriously, man. Um, but you run the ball in an angry kind of way. Do you ever think of being angry when you're in the middle of a run? Uh, man, for sure. I definitely think violent. Uh, throwing my weapon, my stiff arm. Uh, man, and just you know taking advantage of my size and and and, and you know delivering out pain and punishment. Really, and I, I know this because. 
you know, this is you just want to pick pick a guy out early, you know, and then uh, as the game unfolds, you know, they start turning it down. So, you know, definitely uh, you have to you have to have that mindset while you play this game. You know, what Cliff Kingsbury told us in our post game radio interview. I asked him about the run game, 181 yards total, buck 20 for you, and, and he said, "Yeah, we wanted to get James out on those DBs, yeah. get him out on the corners." 100. percent Yeah, you know, you just want to wear him down and. And, you know, that's, you know, the, the DBs, that's not really what they love to do. You know, they like to cover and get interceptions and whatnot. So we just want to take advantage of it when we can. James, what is your favorite running play to execute and why? Uh, my favorite running play to execute? Uh, I like I like our, our inside zones. I like uh, the pin pool when I got the tight ends out in front of me. It's kind of – that's it slows down when I like that for me when I get a chance to, you know, jab, step, and let – let the two pullers come out in front of me and let them, you know, kind of be my eyes before me and uh, take the most dangerous men, and then I can just kind of play off of it. It just allows me to read, and the game kind of just slows down. And uh, we ran that, you know, quite quite well versus, uh, versus the Chargers um, being the most recent game. But, yeah, I, I kind of like it when I got the blockers out in front and I get to just, you know, slow the game down and, and, and pick and choose where I want to place the ball. You know who else likes it? NFL Network and Kyle Brandt. Angry yeah. runs. Yeah. Getting back to Wolf's question there. You've been featured a couple of times now. Yeah. Do you get to keep the scepter? You I know? do. I got the scepter. <laughs> really? I got the scepter really? at the house. Wow. <laughs> at the house? Yeah. I, if I get another one, I'll give it to you. <laughs> what do, you do, do you ever, like, if anyone comes to the door, you know, like like a, like a traveling salesman, do you ever open the door with the scepter? That's got to, you're intimidating enough, but if you're holding the scepter, that's pretty tough. I mean, you know, no, come on. I, I haven't done that yet, but maybe I'll just keep it by the front door so I'm reminded. Right. <laughs> I mean, Wolf, come on. Don't tell me you're not jealous. You, you don't have a scepter like James Conner from Angry Runs and NFL Network. Get real you know Polly. they would have never given me an angry run scepter though Polly. all right <laughs> they would have never done that now for a wedge and busting a wedge maybe yeah. maybe i would have had a scepter okay but they were not going to give me a scepter for running the ball i i ran the ball james i used to run it as a fullback with mm-hmm. two hands oh, two man. arms over the ball yeah i, I never, never took my arms off it man wolf it. has his fullback club okay you know and there's the guy have you ever considered yourself a fullback at any point in your career? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's Absolutely good. not. I've had great fullbacks. Um, you know, in past years, I had Roosevelt Nix. He was a fullback in Pittsburgh. He was phenomenal, man. My hat's off of the fullbacks. You know, just to go in there and take on linebackers and, and honestly, you know, kind of get no credit for it, you know, no touchdowns and but still doing all the dirty work. No, I got the utmost respect for fullbacks. So, no, I've never been a fullback. <laughs> i tell you what. Next well ho- said, James. Next Halloween, I might have to borrow the scepter. Yeah. I mean, God, see, you know, oh, I'm just going to build a costume around the scepter. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You're kidding me? That would be cool, Paulie. It would be, no doubt. Uh, so, maybe I'll just maybe I'll have it on the sideline for Monday Night Football. Yeah. Lisa Salters, you know what? I've got the scepter over here. Okay? that's where, We'll continue with James Conner and the Big Red Rage brought to, brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Handoff, James Conner running to the left, got a hole, 25-30, 35-40, dragged down at the 41. Boy, that's as big of a hole as we've seen open up for the Cardinals this year on the run. James Conner, the lone back, Murray hands it to him, off the left side, for a crease at the 50, 45-40, and down to the 37 of the Chargers. So 20 more yards on the ground. Well, Asante Samuel Jr. came off the cornerback. 
and suddenly you realize that he was one-on-one with James Conner on the outside and thought he was going to get his doorbell rung. James Conner went right by him with a nice little juke. Throw short right, caught by Conner, and he dives into the end zone for a touchdown. He broke a tackle at the two and then dove for Painter. How about that to make it 24-17, 25 carries, 120 yards rushing for James Conner, our very special guest in the Big Red Rage, brought to you by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. And Wolf talks about it a lot, James, and maybe we just got an instance of that, that if you can show a defender that at some point you're going to run right through them, right, then all of a sudden makes that much easier the, to go the other direction and make a miss or vice versa. You, you tell yeah. us. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game, you know, and uh, in, in, in that sense, you know, it's a game throughout. So you pick and choose your moves and what you want to do and, and kind of how your body feels and angles and, and however you're feeling at that point in time. And so, yeah, when they know that you, when they well, at least when they feel like you're a big bruiser type of back, you know, they think your moves are limited and, you know, underestimate your speed and whatnot. So uh, you lay it on them a couple of times and then you just – Give them a little, you know, shoulder shimmy or whatnot, and you can get right through them. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, def- it's a game within the game. James, I know your faith is central to your life, yes, a sir. faith that I share, bro. Um, does it make you a better football player? And if so, why? Absolutely. Um, I just feel like I'm protected at all times, you know. So mm-hmm. when I'm out there, a lot of sometimes uh, guys will be able to – well, they'll, they'll, they'll play a little slower or maybe have a, a certain fears or whatnot, but I, I really don't have no fears when I'm out there just because, you know, I feel like God put me in this position and, uh, you know, it's giving me the ability to, to be out there and do what I love. And so, um, you know, injuries happen, things happen, of course, but uh, I just feel like everything happens for a reason. The story is already written, so it's it's all right. It's able, I'm able to just walk through, you know, my day-to-day, um, you know, with, uh, you know, walking with faith. Mm-hmm. During practice, the part we're able to see the media, I see you talking to D-Hop a lot. Mm-hmm. We love talking to DeAndre Hopkins, obviously high IQ guy. Is it classified info if I ask you, what are you guys talking about? At times you guys are laughing, you guys are having some in-depth <laughs> conversations. What are you guys usually uh, kicking around? <laughs> Man, it's uh, it's not classified. It's, uh, it's really some anything, anything you could think of, honestly. It's... um. You out there, you know, that's my brother, you know, and everybody else there is my brothers too. So uh, it's just, you know, it honestly could be anything, you know, um, game related, uh, practice related, what we're thinking or something. So music, who's your favorite musician, anything, you know, uh, cars, food, anything. So um, we have, like you said, high IQ. So D-Hop yeah. is a very, very smart person. You know, he's uh, he just real interesting. You know, he has things about him. And so, uh, yeah, we, it could be literally anything. <laughs> yeah. James, uh, on that note, do you have a pregame routine? And if so, what does it include? Uh, pregame routine, uh, it, it kind of depends on, you know, what the time that we're playing at, if we're home or away. Um, if, I'm at, if we're at home, uh, I like kind of get to the stadium uh, pretty early and, uh, you know, do my tub and do all my, my stretches and whatnot and uh, a couple different workouts that I like to do before the game. Um but nothing. I don't have really have no like superstitions or nothing like that. It's like to get the yeah. game early and just uh, just continue my focus and just make sure I'm, uh, I'm I'm loose and able to to do that. But as far as you know, I don't really have no pregame rituals. All right, James Conner, our guest, 23 touchdowns in his first 24 games for the Arizona Cardinals. That's a franchise record. So Ron Wolfley, once upon a time, played for Bill Belichick. You were in the AFC. How familiar are you with what Belichick's going to do on defense? How often did you did you go against the Patriots? Um, I got to play the Patriots. I played them twice. I played them twice. 
And, uh, you know, that's Coach Belichick over there. So you know that, uh, you know, his team is going to be well coached. You know that they're going to be in position. They're going to make few mistakes. And so um, really it just, it's another, it's going to be another physical game because uh, we have to do that. We have to do that to, to, to win this one. And so, uh, yeah, got some experience, but just two games. But, you know, you just, you just know what type of game the Patriots are, are, are going to play. The Patriots, they have a tough defense too, man. You watch them on tape. This defense is good. Why are they so good, in your opinion? Because uh, because everybody does their job. You know, everybody will be in position and uh, they play as one. They play as a unit. You know, and they trust one another. Um, and uh, that's that's just that's it. That's kind of what it is. You know, if you 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 play as a unit, play as one, trust each other, and you you gonna be in position to fly around, then you gonna have a pretty successful offense and defense. You know, it's kind of it goes hand in hand. Cliff Kingsbury was drafted by the Patriots, said to the media this week that he learned more in that one year under Bill Belichick when it came to coaching than he probably has all his other years combined. Pretty interesting. So then someone asked him, all right, uh, what do you expect from Belichick's defense? Here's Cliff Kingsbury. Week to week, they're they're so creative in what they do defensively and offensively. They're going to attack your weaknesses. They're going to find, you know, mismatches and, and go from there. There you go, Cliff Kingsbury. I've heard it said by a number of guys that, you know, you don't really know what Belichick thinks of you until the game starts. And then he sort of identified, all right, here's going to be their points emphasis. Here's yeah. the guy we're going to take away. We presume it's going to be D-Hop, one of the top couple options, right? But how curious are you to find out? And how much do the Cardinals have to sort of discern and diagnose, okay, what is Belichick doing? Because the way I heard it t- told from guys, he's so multiple. They do yeah. so many different things. Yeah, that's true. Uh, just like Coach said, uh, week to week they're different. You know, you never know kind of what they what they're going to expect or what they're going to just do this week. Um, we know, you know, I, th- I think uh, Belichick already talked about D Hop and the talented player yep. he was in a, yep. in a high praise yeah, high earlier praise, this yep. week. So you know that they're going to be on that. Um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious to find out. You know how they how they plan on playing and and you know what it's going to look like. But um, it just goes back to doing your job and, and running hard. I'm going to have to run through arm tackles. You know I'm going to have to break tackles um, just because I know that everybody's going to be in position and sometimes you know they they're going to scheme it up um, to take the run away. Obviously, so as long as I can uh, you know run run aggressive, break through arm tackles, and just kind of move the chains uh, and, and stay consistent with it in the big ones and the run game and whatnot, it'll start popping. James, on that note right there, who do you think is the best tackler on that defense? Uh, uh, eight. Bentley. Bentley's a, a good Bentley, uh, yeah. yeah, Bentley's uh, he's, he's going to come down and put his hat on you. Um, 23 is doing th- his thing. Jabril, Jabril Preppers is a, is a talented football player, you know. Um, so, you know, seeing that and then um, – up front, they're they're stout. Judon leading the league in sacks, you know. Yeah. So uh, they got they got they got playmakers, you know, all over the defense. How, how much pride do you take in your pass protection, and how often are you are you when you're getting twenty twenty five carries a game? How often are you also called upon to pass protect? Yeah, it's all it's all part of the job description, you know. And um, you know, your fatigue sets in, of course, but you know that's 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 part of the job description. You know, you're, you're running back, but it's not just to run the ball. You know, it's to catch, to block, to you know move the change to run aggressive everything that comes that comes with it so knowing Ramondre Stevenson runs the ball very physically does that ever make you want to run the ball even more physically on the other side do you ever get into anything like that a little tit for tat oh you're gonna run the ball that way <laughs> watch me run this how about you, do you yeah ever- I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure I think of that for sure um you know last week versus Eckler I know Eckler last year he had like 20 some touchdowns you know so a little extra there um but yeah you know 
Uh, Stevenson <laughs> runs that thing. He runs that thing tough too. So it's definitely, you know, I always want to try to be the, the best back in the stadium. I mean, Wolf, you know how it works. I mean, like I'll take a recent example when the Cardinals beat the Rams all week. Oh, 99, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. And then who had the best 99 game out there? J.J. Watt. Yeah. yeah. You can't tell me that J.J. didn't hear <laughs> about 99. He's like, wait a minute. There's another yeah. 99 on this field, right? And, and guys pick out little motivational things like yeah. that, I hear him say. And then and then there's Monday Night Football. Right. And look, there was Troy Aikman, and he called out some members of the Cardinals' defense in Mexico City. So that's yet another reason why people went, oh, you know, five games to go. Okay, you're four and eight. But, I mean, just the whole primetime thing has to hold guys accountable, I would imagine. Sure. For sure. And 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 it's just, you know, we have our, we need to have our, our, our resume, and that's, that's what you put on tape is – you know, that's what we're judged on. And so um, anytime you step on that field, you know, you got to give it your all, man. You have to. Um, and just for the love of the game, you know, mm-hmm. simple as that. You know, it's just uh, can't disrespect the game. No matter if if you, if you knocked out of the playoffs early, you still got games to play. You know, you got to go out there, give it your all and prepare. And that's, that's honestly just the bottom line. James, speaking of that, you do have games to play. You got five games left. What can you accomplish as a team over the next five games? Uh, we can accomplish uh, some more some more victories, um, and just build whatever that comes with it. You know, just try to play for one another, just just um, camaraderie, and just putting it out there. You know, just leaving it all out there. You know, we have honestly nothing to lose, so it just go out there and, and, and give it your all, and it's, um, you'll be able to see what type of type of players that we have. Now with D Hop and Hollywood Brown out there, I mean, there's a lot of potential still left in this offense, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Like you said, you know, we still, you know, we, with with the missing pieces and injuries and whatnot, you know, we still have yet to have like our whole unit out there playing as one and and uh, playing our best football. So we got five more opportunities at that. Do you have any regrets so far this season? No, sir. No. No, sir. No regrets. You say that with certitude, James. No, I, you, did, well, you just have to know your preparation and, uh, you know, what you do for the game. And so, uh, obviously, you know, watching film and film session, there's there's runs you want to get back. Oh, I wish I would have cut cut it back right here or took yeah. that hole or bounced it, bounced it outside on that one or, you know, stuff like that. But, um Man, as long as you know that you that you putting your best foot forward and, you, and you're truly preparing and um, playing with max effort, you know this game is so humbling, and so you know there's there's really no reason to regret anything. And if you can uh, truly look yourself in the mirror and know that you're giving it everything that you got. Hey James, we really appreciate it, man. Thank we really you, enjoy watching awesome. you play football. We yes, really do. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. There you go, James God Connor, you, coming off his Pro Bowl season, Monday Night Football. Straight ahead, we continue on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. First and goal on the two. Cardinals looking to tie the game. Snap to Palmer, going to throw. Lobs it left side of the end zone for Fitz. He's on the ground, and he still caught it. The century mark for Larry Fitzgerald. Career touchdown number 100, and the Cardinals tie the game at 20. You line him up in the slot and throw the fade. Larry touches the ball as he's going down and somehow pinned it to his helmet. What a catch by Larry. Should we expect anything else? A historic moment and a ridiculous catch for the future Hall of Famer. There you go, some Cardinals history circa 2016 against the New England Patriots. That was the season opener. 
And you know what, Wolf? Think about this. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Special thanks to James Conner. We'll get into that a little bit, the Pro Bowl running back. But if you have Monday Night Football, is Fitz going to be out on that field on Monday night as an ESPN broadcaster, Wolf? Yeah, that's going to be really weird, Paul. (laughs) You know what? You, you better keep your head on a swivel uh, because 2016 was right about the time that he took you down on that same field. And you know why? I think I think in hindsight now we realize why. Because how many times, Wolf, did you report that Larry at the end of his career was going to go play for the Patriots? <laughs> I never reported it, Polly, but suspected it, yeah, from time to time. So there you go. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, part of the Monday night festivities. We think, uh, I mean, come on, it would make sense that, uh, right, in his own home state of AZ where he's on a first-name basis with everyone, Larry, that he might be part of the broadcast, Cardinals and Patriots. It'll be Monday night, and you're going to get a Patriots team that, well, means you get Bill Belichick, and Wolf, you played for him, so you know him, and you know that you're lucky as a media member if you get like a couple of mumbles and a grunt out of uh, Bill Belichick when he asked him a question. Did you see how effusive he was with the praise, high praise for DeAndre Hopkins this week when they asked him about Cardinals receiver D-Hop speaking of receivers? As a matter of fact, Polly, um, yeah, I did hear that, and I think it's probably a good way to go if you're an opposing coach, especially if you're Bill Belichick, because you never say anything about anyone for the most part, certainly not your own players. But I do remember Bill lathering up some other players from other teams from time to time. Just um, not that he was insincere in regard to doing it, because you could look at DeAndre Hopkins and you can watch him play and you can say, my goodness, that guy is really, really good. Uh, You can look at Kyler Murray and all the talent that Kyler Murray has and you can say, my goodness, this guy is an absolute freak. You, you You can see it and... I think it's rather obvious, but you know what? Listen, um, Bill Belichick, it all starts with execution over and over and over again. I cannot tell you, Paulie, how many times he talked about doing your job, how many times he intimated that it wasn't the play, it was the player that makes the difference. And do your job. To this day, I, I continue to hear him say that. He's all about the details and you going out there and preparing yourself to be ready to give everything you've got to do your job. He looks for very well-balanced, well-proportioned football players, guys that mentally can understand any scheme, even if you make an adjustment midstream. And I'm talking about, Paul, first quarter. First quarter, I, I have memories of him calling the offense over in Cleveland, calling everybody over and saying, okay, everything we practiced all week, forget about it. We're not doing it. What? Here's, here's what we're doing. Paulie, you had to – a grease board. You had to literally be able to absorb what he was saying and go out and regurgitate it on the field just moments later. It, it, he looks for a certain type of football player – And he wants to be, Paul, this is the one thing about the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, more so than maybe anything else. They will be whatever they need to be in order to beat you. Does that make sense, Paul? Yep. Yes. Because they're going to attack your weaknesses. Yes. So they will adapt accordingly. Correct. 
So it's interesting, you know, speaking of D-Hop, in those words of Bell Belich, he said, I mean, he said a lot, but, I mean, it really resonates when he says about DeAndre Hopkins, quote, he's every bit as good as anybody I've ever coached against. So he just bottom-lined it with that. But D-Hop said that Belichick definitely has had a certain way of defending him. D-Hop wouldn't elaborate or let the media in on it, but his record with the Houston Texans was 1-7. in seven against the New England Patriots. So yeah. he's been very effective. Kyler Murray shared with the media that Belichick, a couple of years ago, had a very specific game plan that Kyler saw that was Belichick-esque. And remember the loss at Foxborough 2020 and that empty stadium the COVID year. So I think everyone on offense, Wolf, is really curious to know, okay, what does Belichick have in yeah. mind? Yep. Because he's he's so multiple, and James Conner confirmed that, you're never quite sure what he's going to bring. Yeah, and Paulie, you know what? This defense is very, very underrated. It is, right? You don't hear a ton about the New England Patriots defense. Yet in every major metric, they're either elite, which is top five to me, or top 10, which is really, really good. You want to be in the top 10 in major metrics and When you look at yards per game and yards per play and you look at passing yards per game and passing yards per play and rushing yards per, you know, you look at all those major metrics, Polly, they're in the top 10, man. And big metrics like interception rate and sacks per attempt, they're elite top five in the NFL defensively. Yeah, the problem is they have that bottom five offense. And, and the formula to beat the Patriots basically has been if you can score more than 17 points, you win the game. And here's the other thing, and I'll just throw this out there. They've obviously had issues against Josh. <laughs> okay, so maybe he's dropped again. Is oh. that uh, There we go. Polly, are you there? Okay. A different style of runner, I apologize, than Kyler Murray. But I tell you what, maybe it's a good time to hear – You know, a guy who is rarely getting tackled by one person, um, second-year player that, of course, Bill Belichick even has said good things about, which you don't really hear Bill Belichick saying. So um, he's a leading target in rushing, leading target in the receiving as well. So a guy that we know is going to be heavily into the game plan and a guy we're going to have all 11 that needs to get to him because he's a he's a big dude, you know, 240-plus. I mean, Wolf, you tell me, 240 pounds coming downhill. Uh, Cardinals better be motivated on Monday night, or Troy Aikman might call him out again. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right about that, man. I honestly believe this is exactly what Bill Belichick and the Patriots offense is going to do. They are going to line up, and they are going to run the ball. Ramondre Stevenson, I think, gets the ball 25 times at least in this game. Mm. It's not like Bill Belichick hasn't done it before, where he lined up and said, you know what, your weakness is stopping the run. Isn't that right, Buffalo Bills? And he's going to line up and run the ball 45 times. I forget how many times exactly he ran the ball. I think it was 46, Paulie, but don't hold me to that. Ask Mac Jones. He was yelling about it on the sideline. Yeah. (laughs) You know what, Paulie? I think we could see a repeat of that offensively from the Patriots. I think they're going to line up and they're going to stoke it. By the way, he's not the only one. Kendrick Bourne, the receiver of the Patriots, said, quote, we've got to get the ball downfield. Mac needs more time. He said the receivers can't do anything if the ball doesn't get downfield. If we can't throw it past five yards, it's going to be a long game. Kendrick Bourne, 
calling out the offense and or Matt Patricia, the play caller, former defensive coordinator who's now running the offense ostensibly under Bill Belichick. So we'll see about that. Hey, join the season ticket priority list and select your seats before the general public. 2023 opponents include the Seahawks, Niners, and Rams. Plus, the Giants, Cowboys, Ravens, and Bengals are all going to visit State Farm Stadium. Go to azcardinals.com slash priority list for more info. Back with the Big Red Rage right after this. You know who's the worst at throwing the red flag? Have you ever seen Bilicek throw it? No. Bilicek underhands it. Really? He saw it. Oh, it's the soft toss throw. I mean, Bill, for, you know, for, in the name of all that is good and righteous, take that thing and, you know, come over the top with it. Well, as you know, I'm not on snap phase and all that, so I don't really get those. Um, but I'm really just worried about getting our team ready to go. I'm not really too worried about what they put on instant chat or whatever it is. I like a, like a little puppet that you can kind of put your fingers in. It's a little monkey, and then he can talk and move his fingers and nod his head and so he can kind of talk back to you. Guessing that was from a media Super Bowl day, you know, the media day on Super Bowl. I mean, I, I don't know where else that possibly could emanate from that wacky soundbite. And I do mean <laughs> wacky when you say it in context of Bill Belichick right there. Uh, your former coach and uh, Wolf, come on, maybe, you know, the whole cornhole thing with the beanbags, right? Maybe that's how he's throwing the red challenge flag. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either, Polly. I can tell you, did you see that little attempt at humor right there, that last little guy? You know, I mean, the coach just isn't good at it. You know, I love the guy. I love playing for him. He totally left you alone. I love that about Bill Belichick. He didn't try to act like he was your best friend, didn't try to act like he cared about you, your marriage, or your kids. He didn't. I affectionately call him the sociopath, right? I mean, that's what he was, basically. He was all business. He was all about football all the time, and I really appreciated that about him. Someone tweeted out the classic moment that someone captured of Randy Moss going into his coach's office, inviting him to his Halloween party at a skating rink. And and Belichick accepted and showed up in costume on skates at a skating rink. I and heard it, that story, Paul, and I didn't believe it when I heard it. And if there's no video of it, I wouldn't have believed it either. And, and Randy Moss is like nervous asking him, and coach immediately accepted it and showed up and was the life of the party. Well, so he's got to go. have a personality, Polly. I mean, his, one of his best friends is John Bon Jovi, for real. <laughs> you know. I, you know. Yeah. So, look, he, you want to talk about Monday Night Football. He's third all-time in the history of Monday Night Football in terms of wins. It's Don Shula, it's Andy Reid, and Bill Belichick in that oh. order. And so it just so you go in, even Cliff Kingsbury semi joked, remember, on our TV show this week, he said, Yeah, you got an extra layer of sweat on the back of your neck just looking at the other sideline, and there's the great Bill Belichick, right? And that's who you're coaching against and trying to match wits against. And so yeah, it can be very daunting, there's no doubt about it. And then you're Kyler Murray, and of course he was asked about the New England defense. So here's the Cardinals starting quarterback. I remember two years ago, you know, they kind of played me a little differently. Um, I just think with him, you know, you, you never really know what to expect. You know, they can do one thing one week and uh, switch it up the next week, all depending on who they're playing. His resume speaks for itself, you know, tons of respect and, and for what they do, um, their scheme and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we, we got to focus on us and go out there and execute. And oh, by the way, the New England defense is number three in the NFL in sacks. This, this isn't yeah. like the Chargers missing Joey Bosa. I mean, they're coming, and, and they're going to be really stout against four backup offensive linemen. Yeah, Paulie, no, you're right about that. They do a great job of getting you in third and obvious pass situations as well, Paulie. I mean, this is 
as I was talking about. This is a top 10 defense overall. They're actually number 11 in rushing yards per game allowed, number 9 in rushing yards per play. They do a really good job of stopping the run. Um, Are they going to be able to commit eight in the box? Are they going to walk a safety down? I don't think so. I think they're going to start with Hollywood Brown, of course, and D-Hop on the field. I think they'll start with that cover two shell right there, and that's the reason why the game within the game for the Cardinals is going to be can they run the ball when they have that cover two shell Can they still run the ball in between the tackles specifically? And can they do it with any decency? That, to me, is where the worm will turn, Paulie, because if they get you in third and obvious pass situations, you got Matthew Judon, who is a powerhouse. He is a bull without horns coming off the edge. And then you have Uche as well. And Uche is more like a a burst, get up the field, get around the edge a speed rusher, but those two guys, they get after you. And look, we can talk about New England all we want, and rightfully so, but the last five games are about the Arizona Cardinals, and can they get this offense right? You heard from Kyla Murray. If he's looking for even further motivation, inspiration, CBS tweeted out, NFL and CBS tweeted out, their QB power rankings, Wolf. I know you love the power rankings, right? Yes. Kyla right now is the 18th rated quarterback. Some of the quarterbacks immediately ahead of him, Daniel Jones, who was in the same draft with Kyler, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, all rated ahead of Kyler Murray right now. What can he do to get back to that Pro Bowl level and legitimate MVP candidate status that we saw the first half of last year? Yeah, Paulie, you know what? Honestly, what can he do? Start throwing the ball down the field where he completes some passes down the field. I think that really would open up this offense, you know, If you're just going to get the ball out quickly, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, secondaries are going to start tightening up, of course, and looking for that. And I think defensive linemen as well, not really rushing the passer, but looking to bat a ball down. I think we've seen that happen to Kyler Murray this year as well. So you've got to be able to throw the ball down the field, chunk throws That's what really has been missing from the Arizona Cardinals offense, Paulie, is chunk throws in so much of the time. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of saying it, Paul, but so much of the time using play action, attacking the line of scrimmage because you have been running the ball and running the ball fairly well. That's why you are attacking the line of scrimmage. And all of a sudden you fake it and you use play action to take some chunk throws down the field. It's been around for a long, long time because it works, Paul. It's part of the fabric of the game. And I don't think um, Kyler Murray in this offense does that enough and does it well enough. How about defensively from the Cardinals these last five games? Is There's one or two things you'd really like to see develop and materialize over the final five games. What would it be, Wolf? You know, um, you're talking defensively specifically, Paul, yeah. or offensively? I, and maybe I'll start. I'll throw this out there. Okay. I, I'd, I'd like to see, obviously, some more production from the edge. The leading edge guy has two sacks, so I, I would give every single snap I could to my Jay Sanders. And, young man, let's see what you have. Cam Thomas, you're going to play 90% of the snaps as well. And then Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. There you, you know, go. These guys, uh, look, the stats are great, but have they been reliable? Have they been consistent enough? Have offenses been able – 
to victimize them at times. And you saw it, obviously, at the end of the Chargers game. So if you can get these guys just to be that much more instinctive and reliable snap-to-snap, I think these are important things for the Cardinals to try and develop over the last month plus. No, you're right about that, Polly, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Zayvon Collins, I'm really encouraged with Zayvon Collins. Um, Isaiah Simmons has made some great plays. There's no doubt about it. I, I think Isaiah Simmons has a rare knack of being a big play guy, but he's got to do it with more consistency, Polly. He's got to make the mundane play, not just the great play, but the mundane play. And I'm encouraged with Zayvon Collins and how much better he's got. Here's the big question going forward. You got five games, man. Five games. Will the offense evolve? Will it evolve? into something different, trying to find that offense going into the offseason, or will they double down on the offense they've always run? We'll see. A reminder to support this year's Toy Drive presented by Desert Financial Credit Union prior to the Monday night game against the Patriots. Bring a new unwrapped toy to the game. Drop it off at collection points outside State Farm Stadium. It's the Toy Drive, and it benefits Arizona helping hands. By the way, the Patriots have played in more Super Bowls than regular season games at State Farm Stadium. There's your Holy Cannoli stat. Special thanks to James Conner. Good stuff from him. He has the scepter at home. Oh, <laughs> man, am I jealous about that. Special yeah. thanks to Jim Omohundra, Lauren Coble, Ferran Wolfe, and Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage. Chaw! You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.